Hey everyone, our friends over at ESOB have a really exciting week coming up called Spark Week. This is a week you don't want to be left in the dark. Make sure you head on over to ESOB.com to sign up for alerts for each day's new arrivals. By signing up, you'll also be registered for a giveaway. Be sure to join ESOB for an entire week of videos that will illuminate where the industry is heading. ESOB will be revealing over 10 revolutionary products. Tune in live November 14th through the 18th at 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time to ESOB.com slash SparkWeek. Hi, welcome to another episode of the Well.com podcast. I'm Bo Wigington, and today I'm sitting down with Nathan Montez, aka Nate the Great on Instagram, a rig welder out of Monahan, Texas. We talk about his band Gone By Nine, him starting off cutting parts in a shop to finding an older welder to learn from, and then working as a single hand welder to running his own rig. He talks about advice for people struggling with root passes and learning from your failures and not giving up. For people that might not be familiar with you, do you want to give the audience an introduction to you and your work? All right. So I'm uh, I'm Nathan Montez. Uh, People know me by Nasty Nate or or Nate the Great. I'm just a regular old rig welder, man, running. I got a little company. I'm doing my thing. I post a lot of informational videos, a lot of how-tos, breakdowns, you know, sometimes giving life advice and uh, things of that nature, you know. Well, and what's the name of your company? My company is a high voltage welding and fabrication LLC out of Monahans, Texas, over here in the Permian Basin. One question I have about traveling. So you say you're a rig welder. What kind of music or podcasts? What gets you through these long drives that you have to make to get to locations? I've I've kind of barely started like deep diving, not really deep diving, but listening to podcasts. And mainly I just like to listen to podcasts about like uh, other artists. Like I was listening to Giovanni and the Hired Guns. The other day I was listening to his podcast. For the most part, I just had like my own playlist that I listen to, you know, like I'll get in like uh, zones where I like have five songs and I listen to those same five songs every day for a month, you know, and. Uh, so we're talking about music. Besides a welder, you are a musician. Yes, sir. Tell us a little bit about your band. So my band, we're called Gone By Nine, and it's, uh, the band is composed of oil men. We're all working in this oil field, and we're all dads, you know? So it's like, you know, it's, it's hard for all of us to get on the same page all the time. And when we finally do, we have to end our rehearsals at 9 o'clock because we all got to get up early the next day. We all got kids. We got to go home and take showers. And that's kind of like where that name come from was Gone By Nine because we're out of here by 9 o'clock, and we are pretty strict with that that is a perfect name then i was wondering what the story was behind the name but that's a wonderful story it's funny <laughs> yeah it's very that's funny how it is it's kind of like a creed it's what we do by nine o'clock it don't matter what's going on we're out of there yeah <laughs> our guitarist we rehearse at his house and i'm just thankful that his wife puts up with all that noise man because if you were to walk into this house and see the equipment that is in there You'd be shaking your head. You'd be like, no, sir. There's like, he's got two 15-inch tops in there, two uh, big-ass bottoms, and these are like 90s equipment, man. It's 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 huge. You have to have the power amp to run those speakers. Yeah, we have like, like three power amps, a crossover, you know, the subs, the tops, and then, of course, the drums. We, got the, we finally got the drums a, a sound shield because that was just getting to be way too much. And, man, I'm, I'm really thankful that she's, she puts up with that. Yeah. <laughs> 
You know, it's a lot of noise. Being a spouse or girlfriend, boyfriend, anything to someone in a band, you're going to have to put up with a lot of stuff. And it's a very big test. It sure is, man. And I didn't really I didn't really understand like the whole stress point of it until you get there. Right. So. It's it's easy to you know make a practice once or twice a week, but then when you start adding in shows, and then you have to start planning babysitters, and you know of course you want your significant other to be at the show, and it's just a whole lot of mess that goes on behind the scenes to make it all happen, you know. Yeah, as a bass player, how do you feel that affects you as a welder playing the bass? So I've never really like uh connected the two playing the bass and welding playing the bass is something that i guess i kind of do to get out of my head you know like to to feel you know like to to challenge myself in other ways mm-hmm. right so welding welding is you're always challenging yourself welding is challenging by itself yeah you know, I've been doing this for a long time and you get to a point where what you do every day is kind of boring, mm-hmm. you know? So I know one thing that to me is, uh, that's probably never going to bore me because that bass guitar, you know, I thought when I picked up the bass guitar, you know, it's just four strings. Yeah. It's not going to be too bad. No, sir. That bass guitar has whipped my ass. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And um, that's what I, what I like about it is it's just something challenging. I could test my mind to it and... And I'm not sure if it really compares to welding at all, other than uh, you have to be really consistent for it to work out. Yeah, the consistency is key when it comes to playing the bass. So I I did a little dive through some of your videos on your Instagram, and you do mainly stick with your work, correct? Yeah, yeah. I'm like 80, I'm going to say 85% stick. I'm a tutor in the free time that I have. That's pretty non-existent these days. But the one thing that I've noticed everyone struggles with is that root pass. I watch one of your videos where you were talking about the rod angle is the most important thing when you're laying in a root on pipe. What kind of advice would you give people that are struggling with learning how to lay a root pass in? So the way I've, uh, the way I learned how to run a root pass was when I am going to go start up in on this pipe, I let the rod heat up, I push in it and I just drag it. Now I see where a lot of kids get confused with it because I see the way they're learning in in these welding schools or watching videos and they're learning how to, how to whip it. Right. Mm -hmm. They're, they're whipping the root in the pipes. It's hard to get a grasp on rod angle when you're worried about the steps you're taking when you're whipping it. There's, there's so much more that goes into it when you're learning how to whip a bead into a pipe now when you're learning how to just run a bead the way i learned was you stick it in there and you don't lean right you don't lean left you're straight down the middle of it because whichever way you're leaning that flux is going to bust off and your well is going to want to pull that way so if you can keep it straight and just run straight down with it have a perfect temperature a perfect keyhole you should just be able to stick it in there and drag it straight across and it'll it'll tie in everything beautiful so i think um i kind of learned that backwards right yeah. I didn't learn how to actually step a root into a pipe until I was already doing it full time. And I come across these root gaps that are outrageously wide. Yeah. Where you cannot drag a root in there. You have to know how to manipulate a puddle. And to me, that that was next level of my process, what was doing that. 
So I guess if I just had any tips for anybody learning how to put a root in a pipe, is just don't overthink it. If you see your rods burning one way, lean the other way. If you're messing it up, stop. Let the pipe cool down. Grind it off. Start back up into it. Just don't make it more complicated than it has to be. The learning environment in a school, you have like X amount of weeks to learn this. And if you don't, you fail, right? So it like adds this extra pressure. So the advice of saying don't overthink it, that's great advice. And it's really hard for people to take that advice some for some reason everybody loves overthinking it it's real easy for me to say it because you know i've thrown i don't know hundreds of thousands of root passes and uh it's real easy for me to say well just don't overthink it now i guess if i was like put myself into like learning shoes again I, okay i can because this time last year i was learning how to tig weld I was learning how to put a root stainless steel piece of pipe yeah and that took me for a whirl but that was a whole nother thing i, I felt like i was learning how to walk again you know yeah Going from stick doing roots to TIG doing roots, it is quite the jump. You know, it's just a different mindset you got to get into. Oh, yeah, it's way different. You have to, I, I have to trick my mind into doing what I'm doing for just to work right, you know? That's that's my thing. Just don't overthink it and, and you'll be all right. You'll be all right. After you do a thousand of them, you'll, be you'll fine. know what I'm talking about. Yeah. <laughs> so, when did your welding career really take off? I guess it would depend what aspect of my career you're talking about. I started in a welding shop in 2011. I was a junior in high school. One of my my aunts, uh, her then boyfriend was running a welding shop, so he just gave me a job, and all I had to do was cut parts and tack things together. I'm just a kid at this point, and there's grown men working here, and I'm doing things just the way they're doing them, or if not better, you know? And so I was like, man, there might be something to this. So I stayed there for about a year, and then I went on to, uh, I wanted to, to first further what I was doing right so I figured the next thing to do would, would be to find somebody that's more knowledgeable than I am right that was willing to, to show me something and a lot of older welders are not just ready to do that you kind of have to you know show them you're worth something before they think about even showing because you know welding is real delicate it takes a lot of time to show somebody how to do something and if I'm gonna invest that effort into you then I want to know that that effort is not going to be wasted it took me I had to work around this man for about six months before he gave me a shot to finally be around his work area and uh this man was ramon valdez he was a hell of a welder best welder i thought i mean i thought i was good man i was the cat's pajamas right i saw some of this work and no i didn't even come close i was like so far away from where i needed to be and uh he taught me a lot man he taught me a lot about fabricating about you know just from building a box like how does building a box transfer to building pipe everything is uh, is related everything can be transferred over to something else and uh, so that's where i got a lot of my fabrication skills and that was in between 2012 and 2014 and this is me single hand welding i was you know running the company's truck doing all that good stuff and then uh, about that time as late 2014 in december i was like you know i felt like i was a big fish in a little pond there wasn't nothing that this oil company I was working for that I couldn't do. I've already done it all a hundred times really well. And uh, so then I'm at this point again where it's like, all right, so how can I get myself better? So to me, the next step would be to actually be running a single hand truck doing jobs out in the field. And luckily, 
one of my buddies was working at this local welding shop in Monaghan's Wayne's Welding. He's not in business anymore, but he said, hey, Nate, come try out over here. They're, they're doing a the test. They're looking for a single hand welder. And I was like, bet. So I went over there and they gave me a little piece of angle iron. I ran some downhill 8010. I ran some uphill 7018 and, and they gave me a shot. Now, okay, so leaving Graco, I said I was a big fish in a little pond. I thought, you know, now for reals, I am the bee's knees. I am everything God gives to fucking Lincoln Electric, right? No, man. There's these two brothers working over there, and they were the slickest, to this day, probably some of the slickest hands I have ever seen. I'm talking about full-blown. These guys had the nice truck. They had the nice the, the nice welds. Their work ethic was impeccable. I mean, these, these guys were solid welders. Solid. All, everything you want in a welder. I'm talking about one of them welded for the Rolling Stones. I saw them, and I was mind-blown again. Yeah. I was like, how much better can they get? <laughs> right? <laughs> well, them two, their two brothers is Brenton and Eli. They showed me a lot about, you know, welding pipe, fabricating pipe. And uh, I single-handed at Wayne's for about almost two years. So we're about five years deep into it before I ever even started running my own truck. My own truck. But at this point, I already had my truck put together. I'm a year into working at Wayne's. I'm buying tools slowly. I bought a welding machine when I was at Grey Cause. I'm putting the pieces together. Now I'm just waiting for an opportunity. So I go and I get certified for a gas company out here and take uh, it was three tests. It was a bell hole and branch and a two-inch hippie rod. And uh, I get past it. I get my first set of actual welding papers. Five years in, when I get my first set of certifications. So I'm thinking, man, this is this is awesome. I'm I'm a certified welder now, right? Like I'm, you know, I made it. Wayne, he wasn't gonna give me a chance to contract yet because he didn't think I was ready. He said, no, you're not. You're not ready yet. And I'm like, son, if I've ever been ready, I'm ready now. Yeah. <laughs> and he was like, no, it takes about five years before you're a well-rounded welder and he's just talking about the welding partner right so i still have maybe two and a half more years to go i said no sir no sir and then this job came up they're paying 72 dollars an hour and they're taking papers asked if i knew how to, yeah i knew how to fabricate i knew how to to weld i had the, the downhill welding papers and uh this was a pipeline work and i have never welded pipeline before at this point and so i'm like all right wayne well it's nice knowing you <laughs> and I went and did this job, and I did all about two welds before they were like, son, you don't got it. Dang. They're like, pack your bags, buddy. You need to go home and get some practice. Dang. So, okay, so this puts me right after, you know, I got run off my first actual rig welding job ever in about 30 minutes. Dang. What made them run you off? Oh, you should have seen the weld. I was bad. <laughs> <laughs> Terrible. Oh, man. I mean, because, okay, we're dwelling on an 8-inch pipe. It was 8-inch Schedule 40 pipe. And I didn't know anything about pipeline etiquette. I didn't know what my, because, okay, because I was obviously the least experienced one there. So they're going to put me on filling and capping. And they had two of the fastest hands. Or well, I say they're fastest hands. To me, I've never seen pipeline hands go before. One was running a root pass, and the other one was running a hot pass. And then, boy just took off flying and i looked at my first weld and i remember saying dang they didn't put any kind of metal in this pipe so i instantly you know I, you catch the vibe you see the pace these men are moving quick so you feel like you need to be moving quick my experience was not allowing me to move quick yeah and trying to mix moving fast with okay and another thing that got me here was i had an sa200 on my truck 
the machine I had been used to welding with the past two and a half years was a vantage. So I went out to this pipeline. I didn't know where any of my heat was, any of my settings were, and I just completely dropped the ball on it. Dang. And the first two welds, they ended up cutting them out because that's all. It wasn't worth grinding into it. Dang. Pretty gnarly. But you picked yourself up. And how did you deal with that letdown? Oh, man, that was a big old piece of humble pie, man. That was... <laughs> That was rough. And all I could tell myself was, don't quit. Stick with it. It's all going to come through. And that's what I did. You know, I just kind of, I remembered it. I remembered that feeling. I remember feeling less than. I remember driving off in front of those other welders and how shitty that was. And uh, know that you didn't make it. I I never wanted to feel that again. I didn't want to feel that low again so with that in mind i go back to wayne's i'm like hey wayne <laughs> it's like know, welcome back you know what it is and he was like yeah i figured you'd be back <laughs> I was like, you know wayne he's 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 a really great welder man he's he's about in his 70s when i was working for him really really great welder he's been around for a long time when i was starting to get certified for him he always told me because you know i thought i was doing good i would want to show him you know what i was doing and he always said just because you can weld around a pipe doesn't make you a welder and those words stick you know I guess it's all just history from there, man. That is something that most people don't talk about. You know, they talk about where they came from, how they got into it. But it's that failure is what usually drives people to be better. Exactly. It's nice to hear from someone as respected as you that, you know, you haven't just run golden welds all day long every day. No, far from it. Far from it. As far as just what you're going to be doing with weld.com, what type of content are you going to be making with us? As of right now, I plan on doing a lot more shorts, you know, just about whatever's in front of me at the moment. Naturally, I want to do the longer videos, you know, more in-depth breakdown videos. But where I'm at at this point in my life, I really can't do that because I don't have the the assets to make that happen. You know, Because I can't tell you how awkward it is shooting a video in a, in a customer shop. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I don't I don't want to be doing that. You know, doing a doing a shorts real quick, control easy. But when you got something set up and it's looking at you and they're looking at me, looking at you, looking at this, then you know, <laughs> it's a little more difficult to do that. And but I do plan on uh, eventually putting out the longer videos. And that's always something I've been kind of really decent at is taking a job that maybe took me 5 years to learn how to do or maybe a trick that took me, you know, forever to figure out what was going on with it. And I can explain it in like 20 seconds. I love the video about your clamp. Oh, man, them things are them things are handy dandy. I'm telling you, they'll move your credit score. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm really excited to see what you put out. It's been awesome just kind of getting to know you. Anything else you want to tell people trying to get into the trade or people that have been in the trade that are trying to get better? All I'm going to say is people see welder money and they want it. And that's what starts them to get into this trade. And if that's the reason you're in for the trade, don't even start it, man. To learn welding and to learn it well, you have to have a passion for it. There has to be a want to, a fire where you don't really know where it comes from. Maybe like me, I grew up really poor. So there, there was my desire, right? There was my want to. Like when I was learning how to weld, I was thinking of a family I didn't have yet. I was saying, like, my son's not going to want for anything. 
my wife's not going to want for anything. And, and that's the, that's what pushed me through learning how to do it because I knew one day that it was going to pay off. I didn't know when it was going to pay off. I didn't know how it was going to pay off, but I did know that this trade is, is not something that's easily learned or easily taught. And that is worth something. So if you were trying to get into it, you have to be selfless, really selfless. You're not you want to give it your all, right? If you're not giving it your all, it's not going to pan out the way you want it to. And it's really hard to devote yourself when you're yourself are not completely invested into it. That's my advice. And if you are on that way and you are invested into it, the welding is what you want to do. You know for a fact this is your calling. Don't quit. Don't quit. Welding it's great, but it also sucks sometimes. It sucks a lot sometimes. I can't I can't begin to tell you how much welding sucks. There was this one time I was welding some collars on flanges for Anadarko. And uh, when they called me in the afternoon, they were like, hey, buddy, I got six of these. When can you do them? I said, well, it's four o'clock in the afternoon. I said, well, I could probably have them done by midnight, right? So they brought me the pieces to my house and uh, I look at them and I'm like, usually they bring me, they're about a double X collar. They're pretty, they're pretty thick. And the ones they brought me were schedule 40. And I was like, oh buddy, I looked at my helpers and we're gonna knock these out quick. So I did in an hour, I had all six of them knocked out. And like, you know, those are like basic fillet welds. I had them all, you know, filled up the way they're supposed to. Well, they called me the next day and said, Nathan, I said, what's up, man? He said, your welds failed, bro. And I was like, what are you talking about? They said, we bolted this up to a wellhead and pressured it up to 7,000 pounds and that collar shot right off the wellhead. And I was like, no way. They were like, yeah, buddy, like, uh, sorry, but you can't weld for Anadarko anymore. At that point in my life, Anadarko was my bread and butter, man. That's where I, that, that was my income. And uh, that just goes back to welding sucks sometimes, right? Like that wasn't yeah. my fault that did it. it. What happened was those ended up being a cast steel collar, so they never fused to the flange right. So you could have knocked it with the hammer and that, that uh, collar would have fell off of it. Now, I do accept the responsibility. I should have tested it first. I should have tested the collars, you know, with the torch to see what they're made out of first. But then again, on the flip side to that, I just kept on doing what I was doing. And then six months down the road, Anadarko got in a bind and they needed a welder. And lo and behold, I was the only welder around. I got them out of a bind. I got my papers back. That's the sticking with it. You know, just it's not always going to be sunshine and rainbows. You know, you got to get through the dark times to see the light times. Yeah. And I'm telling you, when you see that first paycheck, you're making $75 an hour. Oh, buddy. That's a good day. Yeah, it's just you have to stick with it, man. Perseverance is the key to welding. It's it's a long game. It's not a short one. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Weld.com podcast. Make sure you head on over to the App Store today and download the Weld app and get connected to a global community of welders, as well as educational content to take your skills to the next level or brush up before your next weld test. I'm Bo Wigington, and until next week, we'll see you out there.